each Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your host, Keith Varney Obi-Wan and Deglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. One of us has a haircut. The other one's cut his own hair for the last two years. Well, I'm getting a haircut because this is a thing. (laughs) And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, a weekly podcast in which me and my old buddy Mike, you know, you know what we do? You know, at this point, you know what we do. We discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are all the way up to Season 7, Episode 17. It is a title that feels oddly appropriate to all of our lives right now. It is entitled Burnout. Mm. But uh, here we are. Mm. We are recording this on December 30th, only two days left in 2001. Or one day left in 2001. Uh, Got through the holiday. Uh, how's it going, Mike? Uh, hectic. We had a great holiday. Great week off. Uh, I was I was looking forward to another nice weekend off. The mm-hmm. plans have changed. Plans have changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I'll give you the brief rundown of what I'm about to attempt to pull off. Yes, I I I am <laughs> mystified and excited. So uh, we've talked. We've enumerated many times on the podcast. I work. Uh, one of my secondary jobs is I sing with this uh, guest entertainment group that does cruise ships and land gigs. And, you know, I just got off a cruise a few weeks ago, but that was prior to the uh, giant, like, Omicron gargantuan takeover of the globe right now. I'm just throwing my my, my yes. lights around while you're talking, just so you know, just in That's case okay. you're wondering what's what's going on over there. And uh, apparently, you know, we work with a variety of cruise lines. I'm not part of all of the politics behind the scene, but apparently, like, one of the lines that we had an issue with at one point or something happened that we don't work with anymore is Princess Cruise Lines. Um, Princess is a, is a decent line. Anyway, apparently, one of their, amidst this current cruise they're having, my assumption is that one of the groups they had slated to perform for the end of this cruise, uh, it's like a, an 18-day cruise, and the last four days are coming up, Either that group got COVID or or uh, couldn't get on the ship because of co- something happened that they needed an emergency replacement act. We got the call because our other groups are out. Our other dudes are all, all across the country doing different gigs or different boats. The only person available to do the track I do, the Frankie Valley track, is me. And so he called and he's like, "I can you do this? I'll make it worth your while. And so what I've got to do is basically... And I have to do all of this unscathed. So step one is I have to get a COVID test tomorrow morning. Right. Uh, that has to be negative, right? It's a 15-minute test. Uh, <laughs> Naturally, yes. Yeah. So as, if I pop a positive, which is 
there's no reason why that couldn't be possible. I mean, anything's point, possible. At this point, no, yeah. Uh, then this is all moot because I'm not going anywhere at that point. Should I pass that test, I then have to go to New York City via train, uh, then go to Newark Airport and take a plane from Newark to Miami, Florida. Great, great. Then Always go, a good place to go during yeah, an outbreak. Then go from Florida to Colombia, Cartagena, Colombia. Colombia. Get on a boat with 1,800 other people, travel through the Panama Canal to Panama, mm-hmm. two nights there, and then we go to Jamaica for a day or so, and then fly back from Jamaica back to Newark, back to Pennsylvania, somehow healthy. You know, uh, when... When you texted me some of this, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm starting to no longer buy this. I'm not sure that I that I buy this whole thing that you're up to. And I have a conspiracy theory. Do tell. This world, the jet setting schmerzy schmoys, I, I don't buy it. I think Mike might be a secret agent. I think Mike might be... Uh, possibly a hitman for the CIA under the cover of doing a fake schmerzy schmoys, uh, hopping all over the planet on a cruise ship singing musical theater. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he, he, he looks like the Unabomber today. Let me so, just say that I will neither confirm nor deny mm-hmm. said accusation. Yeah. So, uh, wow, that's... Uh, that, that is lot. quite the thing. You've, it's a lot. Quite the and thing what, you've got going on there, yeah. And because I was so uh, eager to help, and the truth is, the truth is, is that like Princess apparently has this line. Apparently has the best internet, like up to fifty megs down. On wow! Board. So I was like, I can pull this off with work, no problem. Uh, yeah. But I said yes and put all the all of the uh, stuff. What's the word? All the wheels in motion. Well before. I put any thought to the fact that like, oh yeah. And look, once again, we've said this before. I'm not I'm not petrified of like getting very sick, right? I've done everything I've done. I've gotten the vac all three of my shots. I yep. I feel yep. relatively yep. safe. But the bigger concern is in the in the very plausible event that like I pop a positive test on board, yep. what happens to me? Yeah. They don't let me fly back to America. For at least some time, although it the the yeah now if I just is, if I can close smaller, one eye and but... and and hold my cough for six minutes maybe they'll let me through. Yeah. It, oh boy. Yeah. No. That's uh. No. I mean, and we all just white knuckled our way through the holidays. I mean, going up to uh to see my folks was uh, yeah. You know, it 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 was a little scary. Uh, you know, we we between the two of us we had five positive or five positive five negative tests over 3 days and you know we did we did everything that we possibly could uh but still yeah i mean i'm i'm i had we had such a great time but i'm a little relieved to be done done yeah. and 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 you know like you i'm not concerned for myself necessarily cuz you know like i said i've i we've we're we're triple shot we're careful we're um we already had it so, uh, but I'm, I'm, you know, nervous for other people. And so that is a, uh, you know, that's what we're all going through. But actually speaking of my mother, uh, guess what? We have a from my mom. 
That's the most loser thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> you know, I used to say that the only one who listens to my stuff is my mother, ironically. But yeah, now it's right. just, you know, just says what it is. You know how <laughs> you know what's getting bad, Keith, is when CEO Jen, our most avid listener, is like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm getting a little couple weeks behind. Oh, no. No. <laughs> that's that that's you know what that is? I think that's a sign of progress for her. I, I feel I feel like if I were her therapist, I'd be like, you're doing good. You're, do, you're doing a little better. All right. Let's hear from your mom. OK, so uh, a couple of weeks ago. We discussed a trip down that my parents did with my younger brother, Scott, and uh, we we went to the aquarium, we went to one of Scott's hockey games, we went bowling, we showed some pictures from that, and I mentioned on the way home that uh, one of the wheels uh, got loose, and they had to stay the night there uh, in however far they got, um, and then they realized that the lug nuts had been taken off, and we posited that uh, most likely somebody was trying to steal her tire, decided that it wasn't worth it, that it was the wrong size, or for whatever reason, got interrupted for whatever reason. And uh, and that is what happened, and we had never discussed that. Well, let me tell you, my my mother tells me she's listening to it. She's also a couple of weeks behind, congratulations, and uh, was walking through the woods and heard our theory and was like, no, that's not right. That oh. can't possibly be right. And so she's like, no, 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 no. The theory was, and we were driving back. We weren't, we didn't leave from Coney Island. We were leaving from Connecticut where Scott's hockey game was. And our theory was that somebody had tampered with the car because of the peace flag we had in the back in the run up to the war. Uh, and that they were convinced that that is what had happened. And I said, I don't think that's true. Uh, I don't think that's true at all. Because that sounds I've... like some lefty propagandist bullshit. Yeah, see? Uh, and, and, so, and so she thinks it was that. And I'm like, no, that's, I, that's not how I remember it. I'm pretty sure you left from Coney Island. And I don't think that was a thing. And she's like, nope, that was that. Well, guess what, Mom? Surprise. I found the emails from that time. I've got her emails. And uh Russia, if you're listening. Right, Putin, if you're listening, we got we got your email. Uh so guess what? You know, that is something Trump would do. He would be petty enough to like find your mom's old emails just to just to <laughs> I found your mom's old emails. Uh turns out she's a liar. She's a she's a complete total liar. She said it was Connecticut. No, it was New York. Okay, New York, the great state. That's where I'm from. Everyone says it's great. You know, people say Connecticut's nice, but you know what? They're wrong. Okay, Nancy Pelosi loves Connecticut, but that, you know, that says everything you need to know about Harry Nancy Reed Pelosi. Harry Reid deserved it. Yeah, right. I didn't kill Herman Cain. Oh, wait, I did. All right. Uh, <laughs> he laughed, but guess what? It's true. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so guess what? I have the emails, the emails that you sent describing what happened. And guess what? You did leave from Coney Island. You uh, did not mention the the peace flag. In fact, in what I said, it seems like we took it out before we even got to Coney Island. Uh, took it out of the window. So now uh, it was definitely you were driving from Coney Island, not from Connecticut. And my point uh, as we were having dinner, I was like, you know, 
Do you really think somebody who is going to vandalize your car over a peace flag has the sophistication and the wherewithal to loosen your lug nuts as opposed to break a window? And also, not take them off, but to loosen them in this very, like, clever way so that it, it, well, it kills you on Keith, the road? It, it goes yes, to it, attempted murder. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, because you're, you're then somebody who's like, oh, uh, they're for peace and I'm not for peace is more likely to key your car than to attempt to murder you. Yeah, well, no, exactly. And, and, uh, and besides which, they would also have to, A, uh, have the time to do it. And uh, be be just like randomly carrying around a, uh, you know, the the tool to loosen your lug nuts. So well, let's leave it here because we got to mm-hmm. we got to progress. But let's leave it here, dear person who I'm sure is listening that tried mm-hmm. to kill Keith's mom. Yes. First of all, shame on you. Mm. Very nice lady, really likes me, which proves you that she's very nice. Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Number Fool two, me twice. don't get fooled again. You win. All right, there is no peace. So there you go. Yeah, way to go. You did it. (laughs) Congrats. All right. (laughs) Keith, by any chance, um, Mm -hmm. has anyone else had anything to say on our week off? Oh, you mean uh, here on the... Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Indeed, we have have a new friend on, on... the YouTube's, uh, I, 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 the context l- is unclear. It but looks like Gorbachev, Gorbachev. Uh, <laughs> I like Gorbachev better. It's I picture Gorbachev with a dog's head, but the same little thing <laughs> in his head. <laughs> Gorbachev. No, that's his. That's his line of dog food. Yeah. Yep. Get your Gorbachev ch- dog chow. Your dog what? will love it. And, and one, he will make sure to get exactly the same amount as yeah, all the as other dogs. Else. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's terrible. Uh, this episode brought to you by Gorbachev. Is your dog a communist? <laughs> Buy him Gorbachev. <laughs> all proceeds. Nancy Pelosi's dog totally eats Gorbachev. All proceeds will be distributed equally. <laughs> Who says, uh, commented on our holiday video, we enjoy it too. Happy holidays. Uh, I thank assume you very they much. mean, they don't mean the show. They just mean the holidays, right? We enjoyed the week off is what they enjoyed. Uh, they probably enjoyed <laughs> the week off. Yes, indeed. And of course, we heard from our moderator. So I, I apologize for, for mangling your name and then doing a five-minute runner on it. But, you know. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> Hashtag Gorbachev. <laughs> Uh, Phoenix Cage, of course, writes, uh, we had a discussion the last proper episode that we did about uh, whether or not Bobby was better off with Helen or with Lindsay. And Phoenix Cage says, uh, Bobby's relationship with Helen was so much more interesting. They should have stuck with it because it would have led to some compelling dialogue between them when he was defending someone who was clearly guilty and she was prosecuting someone the team knew was innocent. Wait, did I just agree with Keith again? New Year. Mike, I might need the name of your new therapist because I am apparently having an identity crisis over here. Is it possible that I actually am Tom Brady? No, that's ridiculous. I'm the same person I've always been. I'm Mike's mom. Ah, thank you for that, Phoenix. That's that's very funny. 
So this is the, it was, we have a very funny fan it's base. True. I got to I got to tell you. All right. Well, I haven't actually checked our email email, so let, I'm going to you know, I'm going to do that right now and see if anybody said no. No, they did not. Okay. People are very, busy. They're, they're busy stuffing their faces with food. It's the holiday. It's the holiday season. Uh-oh, I got to cut my hair. I'm I'm doing the hair curtains thing today. That's that's going to be what we do. All right. Well, you know what? Speaking of hair, Mike's got a haircut so it is time to hop back into the time machine and talk about what we were doing on march 24th the year 2003 and you say the march 24th the year 2003 that sounds familiar i feel like i might have lived through that maybe once in 2003 and then perhaps again on last week's episode and to this i say you were right because the this episode and the previous episode were aired back to back on ABC Monday night. So, uh, Mike, you better have a backup plan for March 24th. You better have done more than one thing in this day in the basement. Uh, well, Keith, uh, not so much. Uh, I will just say I was still living in Harlem. It was very cold, and I'll tell a funny story about um, one time that I saw this guy, <clears throat> um, and he had a crazy uh, haircut. Uh, it was very cold outside, and he was walking up and down the street. Crazy haircut, going straight up like this, like a like a, a top, a high top, but very high, high top. And I remember joking to my friend Jason at the time. I was like, hey, uh, he looks like Kid from Kid and Play. Remember Kid and Play? If you don't, kids listening, go check out Kid and Play. Long story short, turns out it was Kid. He was hosting Showtime at the Apollo, which was I could look out my window and see the top of the Apollo. And uh, oh, no he kidding. was actually carnival barking for Showtime at the Apollo. It must—it was like a special night or whatever, and he was walking up and down the street, and uh, we had a good laugh about it. Uh, and this concludes the worst This Day in the Basement I've ever done. Have you had a long day carnival barking like a dog? Then have Gorbachev. Gorbachev, chow, the most delicious chow out there. Every kibble tastes like the next one. All right. <laughs> it's not enough, but it'll have to do. You'll get by if you <laughs> save a potato under your mattress. You'll be fine. Actually, you know what? I I, I say that as a, I I, I tease as a uh, as a avowed, you know, democratic socialist. So <laughs> here I am, Mr. Uh, Gorbachev. Chase down this ball. <laughs> wow. Wow. And then their podcast shifted to, to entirely into dog puns <laughs> for weeks on end. Shifted? <laughs> wow. All right. Well, All right, you know well. what? As we are uh, clearly doing an episode on geopolitical issues... I, in those emails, realized that, uh, guess what? There, uh, of course, I mentioned last week, here we are in the run-up, not not the run-up, we uh, we started the war with Iraq, and uh, it was a great idea, and it went great, uh, but just great two war, days- perfect war. It was amazing. It was beautiful. We, we got all the palaces. Uh, so, uh, we got all the palaces. <laughs> I ain't gonna tell that guy. You know, you, you go after my daddy. Uh, I'm blow up your does anybody have uh, like a half hour of just rabbit hole to go down? Because Google what has happened to that quote unquote big beautiful wall and where all of those miles long giant slats that cost billions of dollars are just sitting somewhere. Because that's happening. Yes, that's happening. 
Anyway, so uh, I realized that, I, and I didn't remember that it was then, I thought it was in the summer, but this was when I was marching in the giant anti-war protests on March 22nd, 2003. This is a picture from the New York City march, but it was all over the world. Millions of people marched, and uh, that was a, it was unseasonably warm. I think that's what it was that I remember um, but, uh, didn't run into any issues. It was entirely peaceful, um, at least in the portion that I was there. So I sent an email. I didn't remember doing it, but, uh, you know, there you are. Sometimes all the marches blend together, but, uh, that was probably one of the first big marches mm -hmm. I was in, in New York City. Not the last. Uh, anyway, so that's what I was doing. Now, uh, a little bit of a spoiler alert, because you might remember from last week, but it's time for... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Well, folks, it was still March 24th, so we were still listening to In the Club, 50 Cent. And, of course, we were watching Bringing Down the House, the Steve Martin Queen Latifah film, which still made $31 million that week, and the Burlington Free Press still featured my grandparents in their own uh, war protest at the Capitol. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that was what happened. Spoiler alert, this is a, a new a new YouTube clip. Who, who is the artist on that? Uh, this is The Blossoms with their Indie Club cover at, performing at the Live Lounge. Uh, this has half a million views, so it's not our general... Uh, uh, type of cover, but it's the only thing I could pull up that fast. Okay, well, very, very good. Now it's time for... It's time, it's time, time. time. It's time for sports. sports. As this is a repeat date from last week, here are some season stats for the Boston Hockey Bruins. Joe Thornton led the team in scoring with 101 points and 36 goals and 45 assists. Next up was Glenn Murray with 44 goals and 48 assists. The team started five goalies over the season with Steve Shields as the starter. Interesting, the two goalies at the bottom were Andrew Raycraft, who was traded for a current starter, Tuka Rask, and future playoff MVP, Tim Thomas. All right. Guys, there's a haircut coming. So we need to do... Oh my, my God. You know... The, the menu came up and I couldn't hit it. And we've got a big problem. Talk about the damn episode! My life has vanished, but I'm not gonna take this anymore. I was like a whole step and a half too low still. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I didn't hear what you said there. I, I'm assuming <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> so, this episode entitled Burnout was has a story and teleplay by David E. Kelly and a story by none other than Christopher Reeve. The only other writer credit he has is for Superman 4. And was it's directed... Superman 4 and one episode of The Practice? That is right. That's the that... most random fact we've uncovered in all seven seasons. Well, here I am. He contributed the story to both of those things and nothing else. And uh, was directed by Christina Musry, who last directed Down the Hatch. Which leaves me with only one important question. 
is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? Yes. What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Keith, everything has changed now since I know mm. my boy C. Reeves is here. Um, well, we know he wrote some of it. You know, my Christmas was basically ruined because Bobby and Lindsay have discovered, it turns out they don't love each other. Uh, well, mm. at least that's what Lindsay says. Lindsay. Lindsay. I mean, Bobby's been nothing but wonderful to you. No, he um, not Yes, uh, the preceding statements uh, were nothing but falsehoods. Um, but Keith, you know what? You no, know it's even, we're going to jump the shark so far that we're going to loop back around. And we're, Chris Reeves, I predict, is writing us one of the greatest episodes of reconciliation ever written in television. Whoa. We are going to have to split the oopsie between Dylan McDermott and Kelly Williams because they both give tour de force emotionally wrought performances where they come to realize they've both been being terrible to each other and that they need each other and they live and they, they by the end of the episode, they reconcile. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. the only thing that could mar it is that yet... A new, as yet to be discovered serial killer stalks Lindsay, and the episode oh, ends no. with Lindsay under siege once again. Oh no! Yep, folks, are you concerned about a shark jumping all over your life? Well, the shark's not going to eat you if it's full. It's full with Gorbachev, the most mm. delicious. <laughs> Communist dog food you can get out there. It seems like a good idea, but it never quite works. All right, uh, you know, go to your podcast ear thing. You know how it is. We'll see you back for the oopsies. Yeah. Season seven, episode seventeen. B -b 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 Burn out. I know this isn't what you want to hear. No, it isn't. I'm not saying we can't win on the elements, but the blood on your shoe and the fact that you were seen coming and going, not to mention the threat. With insanity, even in victory. Hey! She's gonna be locked up. Shit. No, she only goes away until she gets better, which from what the- Guys, it's freaking Superman! Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's post-accident Chris Reeves. It is, uh... Michael, as our resident Superman expert, I believe you should introduce Mr. Christopher Reeves. Guys, you might know Christopher Reeves from, like, uh, Superman. Uh, you oh, might yeah, also know that. him as a champion for spinal injuries, uh, as he was hurt. Uh, but he also, in my one of my favorite performances from him, uh, is one of just an all-time classic, if you haven't seen it, a little, the film version of Noises Off. Yes! Uh, you have to see him... Uh, it's just he's just excellent. He's he's uh, he's done so much for for cinema, for humanitarianism, for uh, spinal cord research. It's Chris Reeve, y'all. Yeah, it's Christopher Reeves. And while we're at it, uh, who's playing his wife, who has been uh, is on trial for murder? Well, guess what? It's Carolyn McCormick, who uh, guess what? was Catherine Nesbitt in Foo's Chains. She was the monkey wrangler. So she is back. Wow, just to start the week. 
You're not supposed to notice that you've been, been on the show before. But now you get twist the residuals arriving at your door. So welcome back to the practice. I'll pretend that I don't recognize that I saw you in season two and you met your demise. At first you were a killer, but now you're set free. First appearance, man, the killer, but you had a goatee. You may be fooling someone different, but you don't fool me. We may be the judge, but you just might be. Welcome back to the practice tonight. So, in case you're wondering, uh, the uh, Carolyn McCormick is. If 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 you ever get the trivia question, uh, who on the practice has starred opposite a monkey and Superman on the same series? It's Carolyn McCormick. Guys, did you know that uh, Superman had a dog named Crypto, and you know what his favorite food was, Keith? Gorbachev! Now it's Gorbachev! Doctors are telling us could be soon. <laughs> this is a circumstantial case. What she did and what they can prove are two very different things. You said so yourself. Look, we'll do what you want us to do. But we're telling you, Nancy, your best chance at seeing freedom again, your best chance by far, is insanity. And Kevin, I may be stepping over the line here, but the reason I think you're resisting the idea of your wife being insane is because you feel responsible for it. It's pretty pro projecting a fair amount there. I feel like that's not a lawyer's place. Was but that it his is. wife? Yeah. Was she saying that woman sitting directly across from her was insane? Yes, yes. So uh, Christopher Reeve's wife is on trial for murder and uh, Eleanor thinks the best way to get her off is to plead insanity because the case is pretty strong. That is my understanding of the episode at this point. Sir, we're gonna have to put you on the stand. Uh, we believe we can elicit some sympathy votes because of your condition. And uh, that's right up our neck of the woods. Yes, and please don't, uh, you know, laser eye us. If we get it, it wrong. Is, it is good to know that uh, if I had a horrible surgery like or accident like that, the My last thing I'd want to do is go back to work, but not Chrissy they Reeves. Were pretty much estranged ever since the accident. Oh, he went which back to work. accident was that, Miss Healy? Sure did. Derek's son, Justin, was 16. He had his learner's permit. He was driving. Kevin was with him. To clarify, Kevin is the defendant's husband. Yes, and Derek's younger brother. Anyway, Justin was driving. Kevin was in the car when the accident occurred. Justin was killed. Kevin was paralyzed. Derek blamed Kevin, claiming his lack of supervision. They became estranged and remains. Wait, did she say supervision or supervision? Uh, to your knowledge, what was Derek's relationship with the defendant? That had also deteriorated. Nancy became Kevin's primary caregiver. And as you can imagine, it's been extremely burdensome. There were insurance problems, money issues, and Nancy couldn't understand why Kevin's own brother wouldn't help out. Well, you say money issues. Actually, the financial situation was desperate, wasn't it? The problem with insurance, there's a lifetime cap. In this case, 750000 They exhausted that in three years. Basically, Derek was well off but wouldn't help with his brother's care. Yes. And this, in fact, enraged the defendant, didn't it? Objection. Leading. Withdrawn. Did you have an opportunity to witness an argument 
between Nancy Healy and the victim the day before his death? Yes. What did you observe, ma'am? Well, I was visiting Derek and she came over. They got into it again. Did you hear the defendant make any threats? Yes. It escalated to a point where Derek said something like, gee, if he's so bad off, maybe he should be put out of his misery. And Nancy responded, no, Derek, somebody should put you out of your misery. I'll and then she say. said, maybe that's the solution. When Nancy said okay, this, let us did introduce... you believe she was forming the... A lady on the stand who just gave us a ton of exposition. <laughs> no, Warm up those Frankie pipes and get it on a plane to Columbia. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you need a snack for the plane? Gorbachev. It's also suitable for human consumption. <laughs> but just barely. Just barely. This uh, lady is played by Marjorie Lovett from Clear and Present Danger, Tootsie, Psycho, the the uh, remake, and The Fan. And guess what? She was the jury four person in part five. We are not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before. All right, we're going to have a lot of these, so I'm just going to fade that one out, and we'll come back to you Detective later. Kill Derek. Obviously not. And when you talked to the police, you described Nancy's psychological state of mind, didn't you? Yes. Could you please tell the jury what you told the police? For several months preceding the killing, she seemed to be increasingly erratic. The insurance thing. She felt very deceived. It made her incensed. And erratic? Yes. In my opinion, she was having some kind of nervous breakdown. What do you mean you can't get hired? I can't. Andrea, you made law review. You clerked. What? You have a criminal record or something? Close. When I was 14, I was raped. Oh, boy. It comes up in my interviews and my prospects hit the floor with a thud. It comes up in your interviews? We need Lucy. How many have you had? Including callbacks? Over 30. And it always comes up? Pretty much. I took some time off for treatment, so the little gap in my resume, I explain it. Do you think it's wise to bring it up? I mean, law firms aren't exactly looking to hire rape victims. This is what I'm assuming. All what right, so let's introduce her. She already has suit. Lady. Okay, so uh, it, it, this is an interesting uh, familial connection because this uh, this woman who is hiring our firm is played by Elizabeth Waterston. Waterston, that sounds familiar. That's right, because she is indeed the daughter of Sam Waterston and sister of Catherine Waterston. And you might know her from The Prince and Me, Good Dick, and Quantico. Good Dick? It's a show. Okay. And All 30 of them? Yes. She's claiming industry bias. Against rape victims. Here's the complaint and supporting memoranda. It's pretty good. 
thing is, they brought a motion to dismiss yesterday, and now there's an evidentiary hearing. Slow down. Andrea has to testify, so she basically needs co-counsel. That's why she asked for our help. Well, have any of these firms said that her status as a rape victim was why they didn't hire her? Of course not. But zero for 30? Come on. Jamie! It's a solid test case, Eugene. What? Rape victims as a class? I know, it's tough. Which means it would be a lot of help if there were a senior litigator there with me. They might be more inclined to settle. Mm-hmm. Please? It's you. Me. The problems, as you described them, it all goes by your own admission to your uh, inability to share your life. Your like unwillingness you're just an asshole, to. Bobby. Bobby's I, I didn't exactly say that, Doctor. Yes, you did. Look, here's the deal. You like being alone. She doesn't. So, what do we do about it? Well, we go to work on it. That is, if you want to. Of course I do. Well, why does he, I'm not why so does sure he have about a nose that. twitch? You're here because Character your marriage choice. feels like it's failing. You're here because, for the sake of your son, you want to repair the deficits. But that's different from actually desiring a partnership. From where I said, I think you crave isolation. Do that. All right, hold on. Past three o'clock. First off, if I let could... us let us introduce the actor with a random bumper because we're all gonna get sick of it. We failed. Okay, so <laughs> this <laughs> so this actor is played by Earl. This actor is not played by the therapist. Is played by Earl Bowen, who uh, you would know immediately, of course, from the Terminator series. Mm -hmm. He was in Terminator one, two, and three as the terrible. Uh, they're also a psychologist, uh, and uh, he also has done tons, tons of voiceover work, including parts on L.A. Law, Golden Girls, Marked for Death, and Who's the Boss? Uh, but who gave him the idea to have that weird twitch while he's therapizing Bobby? I don't know. It's weird. But, uh, it, is a little, it is a little weird. It is a little Come weird. Come over. The defendant called you. Which wasn't unusual. I filled in a lot caring for Kevin. It gave her a chance to get out of the house, and lately it seemed like she needed it. So even though your husband was estranged from his brother, you weren't? No. In fact, it was an issue between Derek and me. I thought he should contribute. The reality is, our son caused the accident which paralyzed Kevin. Okay. Going back to the day Derek was killed, you got a phone call from Nancy. Yes. She asked if I could watch Kevin while she did a few errands. I agreed. I went over there around four. Nancy returned a little after six. I then went home, where I found Derek. Dead? Yes. He was bleeding from the head. And you called the police? Yes. And what did you say? That I thought Nancy killed him. This woman is played by when Jennifer Nancy returned Savage. home. How did she appear? Very disoriented. Who was the sister of the victim. And you mentioned that lately, you had actually been increasing your role as nurse for Kevin. Yes. I was doing night shift twice a week. The last month, I was there a lot. Why? Well, Nancy was becoming less competent. She'd forget things. 
One time, Kevin was in bed for almost a whole day while she slept on the floor. She'd taken some pills or something. Did you talk to her about this? Yes. I tried to get her to get help of her own, counseling. But she'd just go off on how she couldn't afford it. Going back to the day your husband died, when you got the call from Nancy, asking you to come over, how did she sound to you? Not good. She sounded like she was going to snap. Richard McGonagall. Your husband received money as part of a family trust. Isn't that right? Yes. And upon his death, that money would then go to Kevin. Also correct? Yes. Would Nancy Healy have known this? Yes, she would. Musical cue is very ominous for something that's probably pretty obvious. I don't even think I called her. I don't even think I called her. Honey, they have the phone records. Maybe she wants me convicted. Anybody think about that? Lori, it's your friend. She's not gonna lie. Why didn't you cross her better? You were mush! Look, we need to stay united and focus on our defense. Tomorrow's gonna be a long day. She thinks I'm insane. Sweetheart. It's our legal defense. If I go away, who takes care of you? Who takes care of you? Fair question. She's certainly in a sympathetic position. Overall, of the 30 initial interviews, I talked about being Elizabeth raped Waterston all but seven times. I got seven Bam. callbacks. I'll let you guess which ones. Why bring it up at all? Certainly, rape does not make for a fun conversation. No, it doesn't. The truth is I never talked about it. Not even to my closest friends. I always thought that I could outrun the memory, and that one morning I would finally wake up unraped. But during my clerkship, I began to suffer from some emotional problems, anxiety. I got therapy and discovered much of it was brought on by my own feelings of shame and guilt. So your therapist encouraged you to talk about it? Yes. Unfortunately, people don't want to hear it. During all these interviews, did anyone make any inappropriate remark concerning your being raped? No. Do you have any evidence, testimonial, paper? Where you can show, but for your being raped, you would have been hired at a particular firm? At a particular firm? No. I have no hard evidence. Thank you, Andrea. That's all. You may step down. All right, down. two things here. First off... Your Honor, clearly, there's no... From the lawyer defending, I guess... I guess she would have to be suing an individual firm for not hiring her, because th there's no, like class action defendant uh, that she could be uh, suing all at the same time. Uh, so this is played by Jim Jansen, who played attorney Richard Hart in Blowing Smoke. Guys, it is our third returner. So you know what you mean? That's what you get when that happens. 
We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before. But after a Super Bowl guest star, you've come charging back for more. So welcome back to the practice. We'll pretend that we don't recognize that you were here before in season four. And you massachute the scenery. The scenery. you were a judge who was a bit of a dick. Now you are a teacher who's a bit of a dick. In silence of the lens, you were a bit of a dick. In real life, I'm sure that you're a really nice guy. Welcome back to the So, uh, folks, at, at home, you, you don't know this, but I have a little soundboard in front of me here where I can, I do a live mix in my ears so I can determine how much of what's going, you know, how much of me, how much of the soundboard, how much of Mike I'm getting. And uh, sometimes while the bumpers play, I mute the bumper. So all I hear is an isolated Mike Sigalong track, which is amazing. <laughs> No prima facie case here. And even if you could show... This is still a tough call for her because it wasn't like she got fired. She just was an applicant. No. You know, the thing is, I'm like, I'm 100% on her side. I get it. It's a problem. My my question is, and it hasn't been articulated yet, it, and, and perhaps this is me being naive, but like, why wouldn't you want to hire somebody who was a victim in that case because I, I don't i don't understand like I, I understand from her point of view of course but from their point of view why wouldn't you want to hire a victim in in that case because like why is that a liability a because you know most i mean at least what 40 50 percent of women have had a situation like that and a third of men have but like, well, that's what I want to hear. Like, what's the problem? Pretend, maybe they've got, they have a ton of, maybe they've settled out of court a ton of sexual harassment cases or this, and they don't, they feel like they, they, their bad behavior can't, won't fly with this lady. You know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm speculating, but yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap my head around. You know, maybe if they're, if they're defending a lot of rapists, but also, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, oh, a smoking never, gun. Massachusetts is an at-will employment state, which means legally they can hire whoever they want without any- I'd like to call Jason McNeil. Mr. Stringer. He's sitting right there. He's one of the defendants. I'd like the to ask him a few questions. The judge is played by James Hornbeck. So one we'll of the defendants- We'll take a 20 minute break, then resume with Mr. McNeil. So maybe she is suing a bunch of firms all at once? I don't know if you can, can you do that? Excuse us. Can you call a witness in the middle of a witness's testimony? Why did you do that? <laughs> I didn't These think Andrea held up too well on cross, so I figure, what's to lose? Maybe the guy will say something to help us. Jamie, if you don't know what a witness will say, you don't call them. That's cross-examination 101. The case is a long shot, Eugene, so... Exactly. So the last thing we need is for the defense to get to button the motion with their side. The judge was about to rule. This witness isn't going to admit to anything. Odds are he'll have you for lunch, and then the judge will rule, all right? Jamie, think. If that fails, at least check with me. Wow, Eugene, lay it down. She's going to do it anyway. So Spoiler alert. So she come home at about 5, and she looked, well, like Lori said, in a daze. This was when she got back from your brother's. Yes. 
and she lay down for about an hour. And then when she woke up, she said that she had no memory of even going to my brother's house. Did you believe her? I did, because this sort of thing had happened before. She'd had blackouts for extended periods of time. It was brought on by a syndrome called caregiver's burnout. Caregiver's burnout? It's basically a state of emotional and mental exhaustion. All right, let's exhaustion. introduce her. Is that the one, so the, is that our, our like old, uh, is that the extra from the jury? It is not. Uh, uh, I, I, I know, wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, but actually, it's Ruth Williamson, who uh, I recognize from the time because she had uh, a long arc on the show Nip Tuck. Yes. Which I yes. always thought was fun. I love that show. That's and with Ryan Murphy, right? Yes. And uh, you'd also know her from the producer's movie, Legally Blonde 2. And on Star Trek Enterprise, she was the primary sphere builder. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. All right, let's let her talk. It's a Mrs. Healy cool demonstrated many of the symptoms inability to sleep, thoughts of suicide. Feelings of hopelessness. The syndrome can be especially pronounced when the caregiver is also the spouse. She had to wash me, dress me, feed me, assist me in going to the bathroom, and then clean me up after I'd been to the bathroom. It was full time, round the clock. It became her life. And the problem is, they start to see themselves exclusively as caregivers. Now, when this happens with patients whose condition isn't improving... She was plunging into depression and hopelessness. And someday she would just amble around the house. What a feeling tough scene for him. completely disoriented. My God, Add to yeah. that the rage against the brother for not helping. My opinion is it triggered a psychotic break. But wouldn't she at least remember it? No because she suffered from a form of traumatic amnesia. What she did was so shocking, she basically blocked it out. How can you prove she's not faking amnesia? We obviously can't prove it, but in my professional opinion, she has no memory of committing this act. Yes, well, in my professional experience, the killer usually denies doing it, and then once you catch them, it's, oh gee, amnesia. Objection. Withdrawn. I love how flippant he When is. did this traumatic shock yeah. kick in, doctor? Probably as soon as she committed the act and realized it. After, you know what? I know we kicked him off the show for uh, being just like unhinged, but let's bring him back as like a quippy quip comedy DA. Yeah, can we have the the character be like six different flavors of uh, a character? And yet he, it, luckily, Smichevich is so good he can sort of like make all of it work. But it's uh, you know. Just give him a really, really hard task. Make him be in every episode, but he's the only one who doesn't get to be in the credits. So weird. In the time to so wipe weird. the fire poker clean of her prints? Possibly. I can't say for sure. He should talk to and his And all agent. these symptoms of burnout you spoke of, uh, thoughts of suicide, sleeplessness, hopelessness. Did you actually witness those symptoms, doctor? They were corroborated by her husband. Yes, her husband. He had the same financial motive to kill as his wife, didn't he? Objection! That went as well as we could have hoped. You held up extremely well, Kevin. So what happens now? You. You happen. You just need to tell your story, Nancy. 
Expect for Walsh to come at you with everything he's got. But do not dodge, do not hide, simply tell the truth. Our main mission here is to let the jury see you as a human being. Okay. We're Hell doing very yeah. well. We just need to hang in there a little bit longer. I remember her mentioning she'd been raped, but it certainly didn't factor into my decision. Why this didn't is Stephen you Hornyak? Counsel, we see so many applicants, all with excellent transcripts from top-rate law schools. In the end, many of the final calls come from the gut. And your gut said, don't hire Andrea Coate. I didn't form any negative conclusions toward her. I guess I just had more positive reactions to others. Because they hadn't been raped? Of course not. She made law review. She was a finalist in the New England Moot Court competition. She's very qualified. But if you look at our hires over the last year, you'll see that they too are extremely talented. Mr. McNeil, I have no doubt that you're an honorable man. Reminding you that you are under oath, are you telling this court that Andrea Coates' status as a rape victim didn't inform a little on your decision not to hire her? Ms. Stringer, I indeed like to think of myself as an honorable man. I'm a proud member of the bar and an officer of this court. And I will tell you categorically, her status as a rape victim played no part whatsoever in my determination. Well, Jamie, swing and a miss. Well, I mean, it's tough when you're going after other lawyers. My head would get, um, I don't know, loopy sometimes. Like I was drugged or something. The doctor said it was from stress. Sometimes I would get this incredible fatigue and I would go to sleep. And I guess I would wake up, but I wouldn't wake up really. I have no memory of even going to Derek's house that day. And this kind of blackout, had it happened before? Two other times, like half a day would be a blank. But your anger toward the victim We've 100% that see that, seen that juror before. I think he was a vile person. I'm not defending my killing him, but I very much hated him. I won't pretend otherwise. Do you remember saying to him that he should be put out of his misery? That was a figure of speech. I promise you, I never formed an intent to kill him or to become violent. Whatever happened in that house happened but i had to be acting outside of myself if you don't remember how can you be sure you didn't form a plan that day to kill him because i'm not a murderer mr walsh are you a liar no an honest person yes i am i see so the hatred you felt for your brother-in-law was because he wouldn't contribute money to your husband's care. That was the main thing, but he was a bad human being in many other ways. So you could never see yourself loving him, I guess. Could you see yourself making love to him? Uh-oh. Yikes. You see, Derek once confided something to his mother. I had planned to ask her on the stand, but then I thought, how much more exciting it would be to ask you. Did you ever have an affair with the victim, Mrs. Healy? The victim being her brother? 
her brother-in-law. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, so we've already did incest, so we're not going to do that again. Yeah. Blackout? No memory of it? Not good. Did you ever have sexual intercourse with Derek Healy? It happened. You just told the jury you were an honest person. Is that your idea of honest behavior? Sleeping with your husband's brother? Objection. Did he scorn you? Your honor. Mr. Walsh. Love or money? Money or love? What was the motive for murder? to strike. Mr. Walsh. Yikes. Gonna be awkward at Thanksgiving. Look, technically, this doesn't affect our defense. With a psychotic break, motive isn't in play. What other... Let's not kid ourselves. It matters. I am so sorry. It happened three years ago. I just... Sometimes I would get so lonely, Kevin. Well... I never deluded myself into thinking that... And I was always afraid that you'd turn to someone else for what you couldn't get from me. His brother, though? That's lame. To go to him? Yeah, fair point. (sighs) And she killed him. This is not looking good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like they might have some problems, same as uh, Bobby and Lindsay. No. I persuaded the judge to let me give a summation, so we go back in tomorrow morning. Summation? I can't give up on this, Eugene. Well, how did you persuade the judge? Did you go in next party? Yes. Jamie, you can't do that. Please don't start with me. What start? It's just that you can't I really appreciate you not leaning on me right now and just letting me finish this closing. Could you do that? Are you okay? Keith, this pregnant pause is Dave D. Kelly's way of telling me that Jamie has a personal connection to this. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Bobby. Oh my God, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. You? Fine, fine. It's about my... time to have Bobby run into a long lost love. Long lost love that Mike very quickly diagnosed. What have you been up to since high school? Please tell me it's, you've been murdering a string of husbands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez. I mean, uh, really you had me my, at murdering my... your husbands. Yes, uh, uh, guys, look out. Uh, Bobby just literally ran into Terry Polo. Uh, of course, you would know from Sports Night, The West Marco! Wing... Northern Exposure, The Arrival, Meet the Parents, Fockers, and that whole world, and The Fosters. Uh, big, uh, big ol' guest star. Marco! Just, 
fallout we just jumped into here and uh let me just hit you with some trivia mike i'm just gonna hit you i'm gonna hit you with some behind the scenes trivia before we do this scene uh which might be a little bit of a spoiler but i think you're sophisticated enough to know this is gonna go somewhere this uh part was originally cast with bridget fonda uh, but she had a car accident right before filming, and uh, Terry Polo was a last-minute replacement. Interesting. Well, I guess she ain't just uh, a one-scene Willie of Boston. Well, I'm back. You don't bring uh, in Terry Polo for one Wickham scene. Now, private practice. Wickham. Yes. Well, that's a good friend. It is. It is. Oh, great. Married? No, no. One day. Bobby. I Subtle, well, Bobby. You look. Fabulous. Thank you. Also scoundrel. Um, I, I'm actually running late. Uh, I would love to catch up sometime. Yeah, That'd be great. A little bit in the bathroom. So good to see you. You too. Yeah. Oh my God! Talk about overplaying your hand a little bit. Jesus, Bobby. No prior like, put that you guys are really some subtlety. Could you take that all out and just she came home days that you day knock that no coffee cup out of your of hand with happened. your boner? She had had prior blackouts. And as the medical experts told you, she suffered from a... Uh, we're being uh, environmentally conscious, uh, so we're not giving out straws. Would you like a paper straw? No need. No need at all. I've got my own stir. Need a stir? Yeah, Syndrome exactly. known as caregiver's burnout. It broke her. The daily, overwhelming burden of having to care for a quadriplegic with almost no help, no money... Coupled with a rage against a man who refused to help her, it broke her. Even Derek Healy's own wife told you that when she spoke to Nancy on the phone that day, she sounded like she was going to snap. Well, she did snap. And the trauma of taking a human life suppressed her memory. How convenient. She kills forgets she kills, then lines up for her inheritance. Oh, and by the way, she just happened to have slept with the guy that she took the fire poker to. Come on. The only person that can support these memory lapses, this dazed condition, is her husband. The man who also has a strong motive to defend his wife. The man who also profits from the killing. Here's what we have. The defendant and her ex-lover argue the day before. She tells him he should be put out of his misery. She says, that's the solution. The next day, she kills him, mm. knowing she'll inherit. Literally the next day. That's, that's not good. It seems like we've got two losers. Exactly how long is this summation? This Jamie, it's understandable for a lawyer to be anxious, especially a young one, but this is a motion. It's not a trial, it's so... It's a motion to dismiss, and the client is a friend, and... I asked before. I'll ask you again. Are you okay? You can talk to me. It, so it might even help. I'm fine. I am anxious, but... I'm fine. I'm digging Eugene's arc here. He's 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 being firm, but he's being very caring, which okay. I think is a good move.
I was date raped once, four years ago. I didn't report it. I was too afraid of the stigma, so maybe this case has stirred things up a bit. You didn't report it? I couldn't even remember what I said yes to. So what, what, he, he drugged you? Yes. So, I, I don't know, maybe I'm not being exactly objective about this case, and if so, I'm sorry. Well, did you go to counseling for this, or...? You're the first person I've even told. Don't ask me why I'm telling you. Jamie, well, Lucy pushed, works rather. for rape crisis. Maybe she can... I'm past it now, but thank you. Lucy, you're not Jamie, past it. This is something you need to deal with. I did deal with it. I moved on. Clearly, you haven't. Lucy. I need to get to work on my closing. Lucy. I told you this in confidence, Eugene, and I'm going to ask you to respect it. What Eugene is missing here, although he's doing it subtextually, is like an, oh my god, I'm so sorry that happened. Well, his instinct is to, like, I want justice. So you need to get help. You need to, you didn't press charge, blah, blah, blah. Not yeah. There's I mean, gonna be some media mean, floating around, so why don't you go wait in that witness room and we'll find out what's going on. Okay. Eleanor. Jimmy. How'd you like my little bombshell? You're quite pleased with He's yourself. He's so proud of himself. Anyway, <laughs> we have a verdict. Excuse me? 11 o'clock last night. Jury's coming back in about an hour. See you then, I guess. This isn't good. No, it isn't. They're gonna need some super heroics. Who the fuck's he making out with? He's What's up? making out with the, the victim's wife, his sister-in-law. We'll be called in about an hour. Wait a second. The, what? So she wife is is he has this been going on or now? He's like, hey, my wife banged your dead husband, so let's do this thing. We don't know yet. Could she but he, have done? Keith, this is a good twisty twist. I mean, it's a little on the nose and it's a little like we love it when no one can hear footsteps. No one let's let's do this inside. It's like that 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 kiss in the bathroom in the, in bathroom. the courthouse yep. right after yep. the yep. verdict. Yep. It's like, is this the time and place? You're that no offense, Chris Reeve. You are Superman and you're very charismatic even in within your condition, but like you you're that into each other, you can't keep your hands off one another in the freaking Oh my god. <laughs> Eleanor is like, these fucking people. Jimmy's like, I knew it. Why can't I get a piece? Look, it means nothing. They spend so much time together. It, it probably has no relevance to anything. Uh -huh, I still love sure. the Justice Department, but... Uh... I guess I want to buy a house one day. So that's such a specific arc. Okay, listen, my wife is a lot under a lot of stress because she's taking care of me. She blacks out here and there. So uh -huh. when she blacks out next time, you got to go in and kill your brother so that we can hook up and I get the inheritance when my wife goes to jail. That would yep. be a play. That would that be would play. be the play. That okay. that would be uh, that's a that is a very uh, very specific play. It feels. Maybe you're casting your net a little shallow, but uh, yeah, maybe we've know. got some other options. Let's just Keith, you know what? Let's eat just ballpark. How about this? Yeah, poisonous okay. soup. 
Yeah, could do that. There's uh, well, hire a guy. Hire well, no, but look, they need to get rid of the wife. Oh yeah, that's a two. But yeah, that's right. Okay, so you're having an affair with your brother's wife, uh-huh. and he's having an affair with CEO Jen, uh-huh. and they've got to and they've got to like get rid of. We got to get rid of your brother, mm-hmm. so you can be with your brother's wife. So you frame Jen for the murder. But in order to frame her, she has to suffer from stress amnesia. Right. Right. Legit. Oh, I feel like you could probably stress her out enough to get there. Yeah, I think. I think uh, this is hitting a little close to home for me, Keith. <laughs> no, it certainly looks good on you. Yeah, thank you. Oh Jesus, Bobby. is he on a date? What is happening? Why? What do you mean? Why are we having writers mount up? All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, we have a big problem. Okay. Oh yeah. No. (sighs) You know, as as though we've done yeoman's work, I do not believe that Bobby's a big enough asshole. Oh really? Because I feel like we've we've made a pretty unlikable character. Yeah, we have. But then we keep finding a way to make Lindsay just seem crazy. So we gotta do more. Oh, okay. Okay, great, great. Okay, what 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 should we do? I was thinking hot blonde. Hot blonde. Oh, okay, that he could just like randomly like basically uh just start humping the leg of immediately in a coffee yeah. shop. They should go on a date. He should we should open the episode with him in therapy about Lindsay and uh-huh. with the therapist telling him that he's done everything wrong and it's his fault and then he should go on a date with another woman. Yes. Well, that you know, that that is how he would respond to being called out. Yeah, okay. So let's do it. Great. And go. Coffee. Well, like you said, to catch up and... Mm-hmm. I see. Let's catch up then. How's your marriage? Oh, shit! If you have to think about it, maybe you shouldn't be having coffee with a woman you used to sleep with. Holy double shit! I'm very faithful to my wife. Unless you're a black woman. You know, you know I'm faithful very... to her at this moment? Yes. Good for her. I'm just having coffee. This is fun. Not with someone who I used to sleep with, but someone who. To be who, fair, Bobby slept with everybody, though. Yeah. Who doesn't seem to mind my company? I don't always get that. So I take it your marriage is important to you? Very. Keith? We just complimented her, mm-hmm. but something is in the back of my brain is twitching. That's telling me that we could get David E. Kelly here. Oh, how so? And that all of this could be her playing, and that we're about to get a line in about, I'd say, 11 to 15 seconds where okay. she says, let's go fuck in the bathroom. Ah, yes, indeed. Well, Thus, uh, ru- if, if affirming Bobby and ruining this potentially awesome character that we are building right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, and uh, on a separate note, uh, a phrase you sh- that should never leave your mouth. I'm very faithful to my wife. If you've said that sentence, you already lost. You you are outside the door. By the time you have to say that sentence, first of all, faithful is not something that has an adjective. You are either faithful or you are not. There is not. I'm very. I'm a little bit. I'm somewhat. No, it's like pregnant. Like you either are or you aren't. All right. Well, I've set a tee up. Yeah. Is David Kelly gonna t- tee off? Then maybe you should make use of this free time and spend it with your wife. 
There's no record of anybody saying anything. Or not. Okay. Or anybody right. even considering her status as a rape character. victim. No evidence that it was a factor in any decision not to hire her. Yo, do you see the All shine off have... Eugene's bald head right there? They couldn't There's even no powder that. There's no record of anybody saying anything. Check it out when they pan across. Or anybody even considering her status as a rape victim. No evidence that it was a factor <laughs> oh, in yeah. any decision That's not bad to hire lighting. All we have yeah, like is it. the paper-thin allegation supported by nothing that it must have been because she was raped. And even if she's right, even if they could show she wasn't hired because she was raped, and they can't, the law does not recognize crime victims as a protected class for the purpose of bringing a lawsuit. Accordingly, Your Honor, you have no legal choice but to dismiss this complaint. What are we trying to say with this, by the way? What is like? What is the point of this? Is it about? It's about Jamie, right? Well, about I think it's. I think it's about how we treat rape victims. Of course, there's going to be no record of it. No lawyer is ever going to write down or say aloud, "Gee, I really liked her, but that rape thing." It's just easier to say, "I didn't get a good feel." Did I miss? I did agree. it come up in the interview? But the rape thing? How did it come up? Yes. Yes, yeah, so it's uh, she explained it that uh, there was a gap in her school records oh. while she was getting treatment and 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 dealing with the consequences of it. And they always ask about, hey, what why what happened to six months in your school record? And she explains what happened. So that's always what happens. You know, Keith, it dawns on me now, seven seasons in, that maybe. Uh, Talking and playing music and jingles and doing a podcast over a television episode is a is a bad idea for comprehension. It's a bad way to watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Some would say the worst way. Oh, second only to listening to two people do that. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's your true. problem, counsel. Interviews are just that, getting a feel for a person. They're not scientific. And prospective employers can reject a candidate for a whole host of reasons. But being raped is not one of them. Says who? As Mr. Hall points out, there's no special protection for crime victims. But if she was perceived as being sexually damaged... Where's the showing of that? If allowed to conduct discovery, I could make a showing. Miss Stringer, it's tough enough to fire a person in this country without being subjected to a lawsuit. Now you're asking me to create a brand new cause of action for those people not even hired yet. And it's hard enough to be raped without then having to endure a stigma. Rape victims are still perceived of as angry, damaged, less than. As a result, women are encouraged by society to keep it to themselves. And for God's sakes, don't talk about it. Andrea Cote is a rape survivor. And one of the ways she's survived is by talking about it. She shouldn't have to stay in a closet. A woman is forcibly raped every six minutes in this country. Let me say it again. Every six minutes. You're getting off track. No, I'm not. Jamie. There are a lot of rape survivors out there. They're beginning to constitute a significant portion of our society. And... We're out there. Ooh. Good for her. We're all around you. But we stay quiet and things stay a secret because there's an implied pressure. Uh, don't talk about it. Well, 
somewhere out there. You seem to be getting emotional. If you can make a legal argument. My legal argument would be public policy. This country spends millions of tax dollars on rape prevention, medical facilities, rape crisis units. We pass rape shield laws. We have rape victims funds. We have a public policy to integrate rape survivors into society to make them whole. Not hiring someone because she was raped violates that public policy and accordingly affords my client a cause of action. Great scene. Great scene, and I, I think, and there's your message. Yep. Two things. First, you argued an excellent case. Your legal analysis was strong. Who knows? You may even get the judge to recognize rape victims as a status class. Second, Jamie, you need to recognize yourself as a rape victim. Like the judge said, your emotion was all over that room. This thing. Talk to Lucy. She needs some lines. Time to go? No, we still have a few minutes. Yeah, what do you do if you're Jimmy and Eleanor now? I figured it out. Nancy, her feeling of being drugged, she was drugged. She slept through the day. You made the phone call to Lori. Lori drove over, drove Nancy's car back, pulled into the garage. She kills her husband, dabs Nancy's shoe in the blood, and drives back. Nancy wakes, has no memory of what happened. You tell her she's been out somewhere. Nancy eventually believes it because she knows she's had blackouts before on other occasions where you've drugged her. And when Nancy made the threat about putting him out of his misery, Timing was perfect. Do it the next day. And how would you propose that I drugged her when I can't even move my hands? Sedatives on my lips? Lori took care of that when she made the coffee the night before. Well, if this fantastic tale were true, why would I then participate in my wife's defense and testify on her behalf at trial. Because either you felt a need to play your part to the fullest, or you really don't want Nancy in jail. The only goal was to kill your brother and get away with it. You make me sound villainous. Wheelchair-bound people are victims. We're weak, you know that. Here's the problem, Kevin. If Nancy gets convicted, which is a real possibility, she's going away for life and I won't be able to undo it. So the question is, how villainous are you? 
Gonna let your wife go away, Kevin? After all she's done for you? All she's done? She cheated on me. Anyway, she's not going to go away. Um, we'll talk about it in, in the oopsies. Excellent performances all around. But you know what? I'm actually, <clears throat> it's very shark jumpy, and we've seen it before, so it's recycled. But I do have to say, I've come to really like Eleanor, Detective Eleanor. Like, yeah, figuring out figuring out the crimes that her clients have committed. <laughs> That's a very specific type of detective, but I yeah. like it. Yeah, like, and then ending the episode with like, well, we know how they did it and how they bamboozled, used us to bamboozle everyone and basically get them scot-free, but at least I figured it out. <laughs> because you're a wonderful attorney, owner. Then you've just tried a splendid case. Don't sell yourself short. Jury's coming in. Okay, I'm right there. Uh, Mike... Back that up for a second, because you just missed a weird, innocuous cameo. Jury's coming in. Wait, is that Meredith Vieira? It is Meredith Vieira <laughs> doing a one-line random cameo on this episode. Uh, there, there's so many questions, but you know what? They're best left unanswered. You know, hold on. It's Meredith Vieira! Yeah. Yeah. From the Today Show, The View, The Meredith Vieira Show, 60 Minutes, and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Uh, uh, you think we shouldn't answer it, but I have a theory on how she ended up being here. Conspiracy theory. I could not back it up with finding the clip, but I bet this, this is entirely speculation, but I bet Meredith Vieira was on set doing a story about Christopher Reeves arc coming onto the practice. And she was already on set. And part of, part of like the feature that she did is like, well, so Christopher Reeves is here. He also wrote the episode, and I even did a did a one line part. And I I bet you that was part of her uh, part of the tag on her story on that the Today Show right. or whatever she that was feels on. Right. We could probably pull it out, pull that. Story I couldn't up find it, it, but it oh, might be. If you can find it, folks, let us know. Madam Foreperson, the jury has reached a verdict. We have, Your Honor. Will the defendant please rise? Ben. What say you? In the matter of the Commonwealth versus Nancy Healy on the charge of murder in the second degree, we find the defendant, Nancy Healy, guilty. guilty. The jury is dismissed with the thanks of the court. We're adjourned. I'm sorry. We'll start pursuing appeals. Okay. I'm so sorry, honey. Who's gonna take care of you? I'll be okay. This way, ma'am.
Nancy is my client. I can go to the police with my theory. Please do. I'm sure they'll be as entertained by it as I was. Superman to supervillain. Well, folks, I mean, not yet. Oh, we got, oh, 2.45. Mike, what do you think? Where is everyone? Lunch. Hey, Lucy. Well, then I guess I'll go eat. You want me to pick you up something? No, thanks. Maybe you want to come with me? Want to go to lunch? Oh, I would love to. But if someone isn't here to watch the phones, Eugene gives birth. Come on, Lindsay. Or, uh, Jamie. Lucy, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, sure. Marla Sokolov, great. Well, uh... uh one second. Donna Young in front. Thank you. That was the clerk's office. Of course. You won your motion. What? Motion to dismiss was denied. Oh. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. What do you want to talk about? Nothing. Well, I... Are you okay? What's wrong? <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing. It was a... Yeah, great performance from Jessica Capshaw there. I think, like, you, you, I'd like to, in my world, play it, play it out that, like, Lucy, as a trained crisis counselor, would have picked up on those signs and continued that conversation, I hope. I imagine that she would have, yes. Uh, but I, I love the fact that they leave it a little ambiguous, and I, I love how difficult that was. I don't know. I, I, I really like that scene from both a writing and performance standpoint. Anyway, we don't need to talk about it right now because we need to talk about it back on the YouTubes in our after show show. And we are b -b -b back, baby. We. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh wow. There it is, folks. Uh this Oopsie Awards is brought to you by Gorbachev Life Protection Formula. There it is. It's delicious. It's nutritious. Is it half sawdust? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, right. oh boy. Yikes, yikes, yikes. All right. Well, uh, folks, it is time to have Mike recap. Our episode here, 
uh, very fast in a segment we call... Mm, two, three, four. Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Segment! Segment! Y'all, Chris Reeves is on the episode, and guess what? He... Uh, he his wife killed his brother. It's so sad, but it turns out he might have been like maybe mm. maybe hooking up with his brother's wife, and maybe she did it, but we don't know. Yeah, we do. He, that's what happened. In the other case, uh, Lindsay or Jamie is dealing with some personal drama, and as she has to defend a client who got Philadelphia by the law firm for being raped. Uh, and don't forget what Bobby's up to. Yo, bad Bobby be cheating with some lady who ain't having it. Yes. Okay. Uh, Mike, do it again, but faster. Okay. Keep the third lines for you in this one, but here we go. Okay. Victim needs LinkedIn. Banging Superman's brother? Eleanor Fletcher. Oh, very good. Eleanor Fletcher. There it is. Well, uh, excellent. Now it is time uh, to hand out some fake awards. Uh, I bet you there's an intro. I bet you there's an intro. The Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the Oopsies? Well, Jackie, they're a fake awards show that begins every week with... Brought to you by Gorbachev. It's dog food. Um. <laughs> you know what? Good copy and good marketing is all about just simplify. Clarity. You know I mean? Clarity. Just clarity, simplifi- simplification of message. It's Gorbachev. <laughs> it's dog food. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, all right. So. I think that, you know, Jamie, real, that was not a, a tough motion to win, but it wasn't a, a yeah, I think it's got to be Jamie, because when you really boil it down, uh, Eleanor lost. <laughs> I was so ready for her to win, uh, but no, 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 she lost, and uh, the real winner there is Chris Reeve and his new relationship, God bless, uh, have fun. And uh, so I think Jamie Stringer this week, uh, not only, you know, yes, it was it was it was good for her personally to have some some uh, cathartic growth emotionally. However, as as Eugene points out, it sets potentially a good precedent for victims moving forward. Uh, maybe a slippery slope, but but I think ultimately well done by her because she was able to keep her emotions in check enough to really put together uh, quite quite a great uh, motion. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I disagree with there is that it was an easy thing to win. That was a really difficult 
thing to win because she really is, as the judge pointed out, setting up uh, the possibility of a new protected class. And I don't think like, I said it was easy. That's a big precedent. To did set. I say it was easy? Yeah, you did. That's not what I meant to say. Well, you were wrong. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it was, uh, I thought it was really good legal work. You're establishing a precedent. You're, you're sticking up for people who are being unprotected and unrepresented in that world uh, and did so in a, in a good, in, in an excellent way. And, you know, and, and all this talk about her emotion, I think the emotion helped it. I, th I think it adds, it lends credibility and some humanity to the proceedings, which is all about credibility and humanity. So uh, congratulations, Jamie Stringer, with your MBL. Coming up next, everybody stretch. Already famous because you've been on TV, getting a paycheck. Or, first entry on or in all of the Wait Superman movies. Yeah, guys, Chris Reeve Best here. Best guest actor brought to you by Gorbachev. Feed it to your dog, then it's poop. But you know what was not poop? The performance mm. of Chris Reeve in this episode. Reeves. Mm. Uh, he... Uh, Reeves singular, interestingly. I didn't Reeve know singular. that. Reeves uh, singular. So, great performance. Uh, 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 you have to, how do I say this and, and with respect? He's working with a very, very limited physical tool set. Yeah. Uh, cannot move any part of his body. Uh, he has to breathe using a tube, uh, and he moves that chair with his tongue. His, he has, I believe, slight facial movement ability. Uh, I think he can... So he did a lot of eye acting and a lot of intention. A lot of... Had to use a lot of verbal, and he doesn't even have a full verbal tool set as far as you know what he can. So my, what I'm getting at is that a true master of craft, I think, went line by line in every in everything he had to do, and found exactly how he wanted to say it, what kind of where to take his breaths because he has to rely on a mm -hmm. machine to breathe for him. So he had to plan his cadence, uh, a really difficult. And he had to work in tandem with direction because they, I think they had to selectively cut around probably some pretty pregnant pauses because of the breathing apparatus. So really difficult. Uh, not only that, but he's dealing with subject matter that I'm sure is very true to life. And I would be, uh, is clear that why he was on the writing team because he had he could speak from personal uh, personal experience to what that experience of having being 100% totally dependent upon another human for your care. Yeah. Uh, so all of that is to say that, uh, you know what, this, what a traumatic injury did not slow him down as an actor. Uh, and uh, we get to see that here. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And I, it, it's funny because I was leaning towards giving it to Carolyn McCormick um, and thus making her our second uh, double oopsie for different characters winners. But, you know, when, when I'm reminded you know what? And this speaks to the achievement that Christopher Reeve did because I was, I forgot about his limitations and, and all the things that he has to overcome to give that performance. When you, when you put it all together, I'm like, holy crap, I can't believe he just did that because I really wasn't even thinking. I was just thinking of him as the character. And, and I, you know, when I really, uh, 
like what he did story-wise and taking the character uh, who you're perceiving all of his limitations, you're perceiving all of his weaknesses, and by the end of the episode, he's in the position of strength. He has taken control over all of these things, and I thought it was interesting and cool. So uh, congratulations, Christopher Reeve, on the award you never needed, your Oopsie Award for Best Guest Actor, coming up next. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Brought to you by Gorbachev. Your dogs will be rushing to dinner. Ah, yes, yes, indeed. Take it away, Mike. You know, uh, Jessica Capshaw, you could easily overplay this arc. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Uh, Not only could you overplay it, that's one trap. Trap two is that it's... It could also feel rote because of a lot of the different uh, similar subject matter stories we've had around this topic uh, and other ways we've seen other actresses and play it. It could feel a little rote. And those are two things you do not want to do with a sensitive issue uh, that, that, as Jamie points out in the episode, affects... What what was the statistic at the time? It was crazy. Four, one one victim every six minutes, something. Every like six that? seconds or six minutes, something. Yeah, a crazy statistic. So you want yeah. to, you definitely do not want to make it feel trite in any way, and you also don't want to overdo it into hysterics where it feels uh, exploitative. And I think that she thread that needle and knocked it out of the park. Out of the park. It was. Yeah. Um, the reveal of it, I mean, it was a little on the nose. We knew it was it was pretty easy to see it coming, but that did not minimize the impact when she let Eugene know. It didn't she didn't overdo it in the courtroom. And then that final scene with with Lucy was was really powerful. And I just think across the board it was empowering, it was vulnerable, it was really, really uh carefully crafted performance respectful i don't know uh jessica's you know and whatever personal experience she might bring to it not important the performance speaks for itself and i think that uh it was it was moving yeah no i i completely agree and you know it's the the sad reality that we live in um is you know the the statistics of of women who have been sexually assaulted i mean it's we're reaching a point where there's more people who have than haven't been. And, and it's, uh, you know, stunning. And so regardless of what her relationship with it is, she gave a performance that was entirely believable and heartbreaking and, uh, really excellent work. And and you can see, uh, a, why she was cast, but also why she has had this career, uh, moving forward because she has access and the to, to that type of vulnerability and and that type of strength that she had I, I thought she gave a really believable series of turns 
during her closing with the judge there, and as she was, you you saw her as the character make these subtle adjustments to, you know, to she she was, you know, in acting a lot, it's really compelling to watch a character fight their emotions as opposed mm -hmm. to surrender to them. And we saw a lot of that from Jessica here as she goes to war with the emotions that are coming up. And, and it's a, it's a great compelling performance in a, in an important piece of storytelling. So, uh, congratulations to Jessica Capshaw on your best actor. Oopsie. Now it's time for, uh, a certain person who doesn't like Microsoft Surface. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Brought to you by Gorbachev. Your dogs, USS, are hungry for Gorbachev. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nice one. Uh, let's <laughs> not forget, though, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, something about throwing the ball. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev. Uh, Mr. Gorbachev, chase throw. down this ball. Mr. Yeah. Gorbachev, throw me that ball. Um, this week's award goes to Tom Brady having coffee with a woman who is not Giselle. Oh, okay. Having coffee with a woman who is not Giselle. Tom Brady wins the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Okay, kids. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Well, guys, uh, I was wrong so many times this episode. Mm. Uh, I predicted that uh, we were going to have a big reconciliation, and instead, Bobby uh, just doubles down on douching. He's just a double-down yeah. douche. Uh, and at least we introduce a new character who I hope has an arc. But if is if only was in the episode to be cute and tell Bobby he's an asshole, then here, here, hardy hard. That's like it's almost as if Chris Reeve uh, got into the writers' room and was like, you know what? I have an idea for Bobby, and I'm going. I want to undo the. You're constantly trying to like make him a hero, David. Uh, he's an asshole, and we're gonna have. We need a woman to tell him he's it's an. About asshole. About time somebody called him on it. Yes. Some, something to me feels like that David didn't write that one, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> I also... Hold on. I have to take Gorbachev off here. This is sensitive nature stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also found that... You know, it, it, it almost feels like there was an... I don't know the machinations as to why Chris was involved in the episode, but it definitely was not something that was planned far out, I imagine. I imagine it's something that kind of came together. It's an opportunity um, that they... Yes. And yeah. so they had to sort of work an, a, a bottle episode into a, a, a greater arc. And I thought that... Uh, I just thought it, it, often these rip-from-the-headlines types of things can feel a little... Uh, see Law & Order SVU, you know, where they bring... Uh, rip from the headlines type of thing where they bring a guest star in and they write them a crazy arc. We love you, SVU. Thank you for the yep. residuals. The, um, you know, there was tropes in this as well. Obviously, when they bring the big guest star in, they usually end up being the bad guy. That's generally right. how it goes. Yep. Uh, however, they didn't overly try to fool us. The twist was ridiculous where, you know, like all the tropes were there, but 
it's also TV, and it's also kind of it's not like we're coming to this for an Academy Award, right? We you you know what you're getting, and it was giving us good stuff. I thought that they balanced that with you know the salacious bit with the wife and the twisty twist was balanced nicely with really impactful performances by Chris Reeve and the Jamie Stringer uh, case, which was not new per se, but I thought it was a great decision to use her and to let her act and not just be this like last minute, oh, I found something on Google that saves the day. They gave her a a full episode. Not only that, but they used Eugene, I thought, very smartly here in having him as sort of like the heart and soul and the leader of the office now sort of in the beginning kind of call her for being a little too emotional and for being rash and all these things. And then she's able to ask for, reserve her time, reclaim her time. Eugene acquiesces while still being Eugene. They give them a moment of, I'll call it friendship. Uh, I think that Eugene would be more emotional like you were asking, Keith, a little more uh, soft-gloved, but I think he was trying to know his place there. He could only speak as the boss, and so I think he was less friendy friend uh, mm-hmm. shoulder to cry on. I think he made the right move. Is like you can talk to me. I think he was like, why don't you talk to Lucy? She's trained. I thought that was smart. Uh, I liked it. I find it interesting that we do all this to Bobby, but we, but Kelly Williams is nowhere to be seen in the episode. Interesting. Rebecca not a part. A lot. Jimmy was there, but he was just like he did one of those Jimmy just sit there episodes. Regardless, I was. I was entertained. I was moved. Not setting the world on fire, but compared to some of the episodes we've had, holy crap, this feels like a different show. Uh, so I'm going to give it a solid 7.36 spare tires. Yeah. No, I, I I think that's all I think that's all right. I mean, I think for me, uh obviously, the strongest part of this episode was Jamie's story. Yes. Um it does all the stuff that I like the show to do it calls attention to uh, an injustice happening out there it brings some of the larger world issues to fore it does so in a logical and emotionally uh invested way and gives the actors an opportunity to knock it out of the park which they did um and it feels a you know it's not ahead of its time but maybe ahead of its time for some um, bringing our attention to that and bringing our, and, you know, this is 20 years before the Me Too movement where we really are starting to grapple with the scale mm-hmm. of the issue. Because, and I, I think that at that point, sexual assault and rape was a like, whoa, that's crazy. What a horrible thing to have happen. Luckily, it doesn't happen to hardly anybody. And this episode was... You know, it's not the first to say it, nor will it ever be. But it's, but to be like, uh, actually, no, it's kind of a lot more people than we're aware of, and the consequences for these people go beyond what happened. And if we are going to be punishing the victim in the hiring processes, that doubles down on the on the crime, and that continues to perpetrate the crime. And we're just now, twenty years later unraveling some of the you know the the spider web of consequences from this type of a thing and so i love that that's being brought to our attention um and so yeah i'm i like i i like that 
I like that very much. Um, could Eugene have been a little bit more compassionate? Yeah, but I do think it's in keeping with Eugene's character and that he's keeping it professional. He's keeping it in that world and yet still showing some compassion, maybe more in the subtext than the text, but I felt it there. So, um, anyway, I like that, you know, the, the Christopher Reeves story. Yeah. It's a little, you know, uh, bad guy of the week, but I really did like what I said before, um, transitioning this character from somebody that we're sort of naturally set up to feel empathy for, feel pity for maybe. And then like, Oh no, he, he has def He is now in control of this whole situation where, um, I thought that was, you know, the, you know, the, the whole family swap situation is a little, it's a little silly. It's a little, it's all a little silly. Um, but you know, for a sort of a pulpy trashy, story of the week fine you know twisty twist duh obviously we know we're gonna have the twisty twist and I, I don't think there's really any way to avoid that um you know if i had access to for christopher to christopher reeve for an episode would that be my story no i think there's there's probably a more compelling story to tell uh with that actor but i mean it's clearly what he wanted he wanted to do that type of a story and to be that type of a character. So, hey, more power to him. Um, so, fun. Uh, the Bobby thing. My goodness. Uh, again, if we're zooming out a little bit and we're realizing that the show is starting to struggle a little bit and you might have only six more episodes uh, of your show, are you really want to burn it all down with Bobby's character, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen yet between Bobby and this character, but we know that Bobby, Bobby's little Bobby is, uh, very interested in this situation. And I, yeah, I love, no, go ahead. Sorry, just to interject for you, don't, don't put a pin in where your point is, but not only, I mean, this was a little heavy-handed the way they played it too. It was like they were really forcing us. To, like there was no, you can't. There's no ambiguity here. We but get it. That's nothing new. Like don't forget in that Black Widow episode, I forget who it was, but somebody was like, "Yo, you have you like this lady, and you need to stop it." It was either Jimmy or Eugene. Yeah. Well, and well, and 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 Lindsay called him out on it. Lindsay yeah. knew. Right. Yeah. It's fucked so, up, man. I mean, Bobby clearly wants to put his pin in just about everything he can. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough because if you can, you know, it, it doesn't take a, uh, a TV doctor to realize where this might be headed. Uh, and it's like, wow, this is how you want to finish the Bobby character or the Bobby arc. If, you know, cause, cause we don't know at this point and they didn't know at this point what was going to happen moving forward, but certainly they were in danger of being canceled at this point and that woof. Ouch. But you were about to say uh, you love that. Oh, but but I but I loved however this goes, I love the beginning with Terry Polo's character just like flat out calling him on his bullshit and flat out calling him on on what he was doing. And I I love that. That I was like, yes, thank you. Uh that felt appropriate and right. And I liked it made me instantly go from like, oh God, really, to like, oh, I like this character. She's interesting. Uh, so all of that said, I actually, yeah, you know, 
especially in context with the rest of this season, I liked it. I liked this episode. So I'm going to give it a 8.1. Pretty solid. Pretty solid indeed. So, Mike, you have two minutes to explain our uh, Easter egg before we hop you to your haircut. Keith, I feel like it's a double it's a double dip. I feel like it's not only a Superman nod, the quest for peace, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's also a nod to the to the near murdered uh, warrior of peace, your mom, whose hubcaps in the quest for peace <laughs> were uh, tampered with. Oh, and and there, there's a third one, of course, because the quest Superman four, the quest for peace, was the only other thing that Christopher Reeve wrote on ah yes so there it is folks thank you so much for stumbling through another burned out episode of the out of practice podcast if you would like to tell us your thoughts and feelings uh and maybe we'll do a whole runner on uh, your youtube name so sorry for that uh you can email us at out of practice podcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook and instagram at out of practice podcast while you're there you know, just for fun, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. You can join the jury. We're going to read it. Uh, at this point, it's dead. You know, all of our dreams are dead. But if you would like to compensate us for our dead dreams, you can become a founding sponsor and join our amazing benefactors, Jorge Navoa, Club Lover 69, Leanne Wrights, Jennifer Masanova, and Kari Kuhn. Would you like to pay money to make sure that Mike doesn't get on that plane? Don't make the mistake, Mike. Well, you can donate to that fund by clicking one of the two show notes in our show notes. Links in our show notes? Something like that. One-time donation, blah, 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 blah. You got it. Uh, We'd like to thank everybody. Tell a friend. We got a Star Trek show. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, I'll be back. If not, I'll be doing it from a ship. Listen, guys, at the end of the day, all you need is Chris Reeves to wheel on in open those baby blues and give you those laser eyes. And if you would like to warm up your Gorbachev lasers. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, folks. Uh, wow. There it is. Yeah. Haircut. Haircut.